Sideline Dissonant Podcast coming to you from YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at the Brad Whitaker. Lots to talk about today. Notre Dame is in a little bit of trouble from the NCAA. I'll get into that a bit later. What it means for head coach Brian Kelly. Also give you my NFL Week 12 predictions. Tell you what you should gamble on because we all know gambling is important. But first, I have to talk about what happened last night. I'm not sure if you watched the Los Angeles Lakers last night. They won 111-109 to after Nick Young hit a game-winning three in the final seconds of the game. Of course, Nick Young did it in the most Nick Young way ever. Someone wasn't even passing him the ball. The pass was intended for Lou Williams. And then Young just came in and stole it. Shot the three. Made it. He gets all the credit. What a hilarious way to win. There's a lot of intrigue with this Lakers team. And deservingly so. They're 8-7. and seven, Above 500. Nobody saw that coming. They'll be back down to 500. They're going to play the Warriors in Golden State tonight. But... It's an intriguing team, but I want to talk about the team they beat. And that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Oklahoma City Thunder, just like the Lakers, are also 8-7. and seven. But now they've lost six of their last eight games. And of their eight wins, only three were by more than ten points. You know what those three were? Those three teams were Brooklyn, Miami, and Minnesota. All great teams, right? Not this year. All three teams, Brooklyn, Miami, and Minnesota, have four and nine records. They're off to terrible starts. And in the Miami and Minnesota games that the Thunder won, Russell Westbrook played less than 29 minutes. He averages 35 a game, so that would be six less according to my calculations. But what does that tell you? Their biggest wins were when Russell Westbrook was on the floor less. It tells you that OKC is a better team without Westbrook on the floor. They just are. Look, I understand the love for Russell Westbrook. He's a lot of fun. In fact, he is the most freak-of-nature athlete in the NBA, and it's not even close. He's nearly averaging a triple-double right now. 31.8 points, 10.6 assists, 9.5 rebounds per game. He's had five triple-doubles, and we're not even a month into the season. I understand the love for Russell Westbrook. Look, at my past employer, my job was to write viral news stories all day. And Russell Westbrook was great for that. He really was. But now that I'm starting this podcast gig, I'm focusing more on what interests me, which is how sports teams, how organizations are successful, and my measure of success is winning games. I'm not saying there isn't room for flashy superstars, and they can make an organization a lot of money, certainly make a lot of revenue in jersey sales, brings fans to the arena. 
And with someone like Russell Westbrook, it gives fans a reason to feel included in the MVP debate. But you know what makes exponentially more money than having one or two or three flashy superstars? Winning. If the Utah Jazz suddenly became the first, second, or third best team in the Western Conference, I'm pretty sure profits would double. That's how organizations are successful. They win. Russ may win the Most Valuable Player Award this year because... We all know it's a popularity contest. It's not the actual definition of most valuable player. If we went by that, LeBron would have won it in his third career season and won it every year since. But perhaps Russell does deserve it by today's NBA standards, especially if he is able to average a triple-double. But how long will it take before his flashy play gets old? What if the Thunder miss the playoffs? Are people still going to say Russell Westbrook deserves to be the MVP? It's silly, because the Rockets and the Thunder could both miss the postseason. And people will be saying, James Harden and Russell Westbrook are the frontrunners for MVP. Look, this stat line is great. 31.8 points, 10.6 assists, 9.5 rebounds a game. That's almost a triple-double average. Incredible. But Westbrook had eight turnovers last night. He holds onto the ball for 15 of the 24 seconds on the shot clock. That's not going to win you any games. Why do you think Kevin Durant left? Oklahoma City has a lot of talent. They don't have a ton of shooters. But they do have a lot of talent. And Westbrook's the most talented player on that team. But he's, I'm sorry to say, he's a ball hog. Now, he can throw assists. He's averaging 10.5 a game. But he's throwing those assists when they're rushing the shot. There's never any time left on the shot clock. It's not that Russell can't shoot, score, pass. He just doesn't know how to do it, do enough of it, so it benefits his team the best way. Russell Westbrook is dominating every stat line in the NBA right now, but his team's not winning games. There are ways for players to optimize their game so that their team can win games more efficiently. Look, LeBron James can have a triple-double any night he wants. But it seems like that's what's more important to Westbrook than actually winning basketball games. Fighting Irish are not off to a good start this season. And Brian Kelly's been a success story ever since he took over. But this year's just been a little bit different. And a lot of people are trying to figure out 
what's going wrong. If you haven't heard, the NCAA announced today that they're vacating Nor- uh, Notre Dame's 21 wins between the 2012 season and the 2013 season. What happened is they found out players received help from a student trainer. They were able to cheat on tests. The trainer did their coursework. Just an overall mess. And uh, Brian Kelly downplayed those sanctions. He claimed no responsibilities, which kind of makes sense. I mean, this... If you look into it, this was something that was self-reported. It wasn't some deep investigation into Notre Dame. But I don't understand this punishment of vacating wins from four seasons ago and just pretending like they didn't happen. Of course, you're not going to punish the players on the current team. I feel bad for the players that have had to play at Penn State over the last few seasons because they weren't bowl eligible. But people aren't buying Chip Kelly, uh, excuse me, Brian Kelly's excuse. The administration isn't happy with him and there's a lot of pressure to fire Brian Kelly. But would this pressure actually be happening if Notre Dame weren't Four and seven. Look, fighting Irish fans might be the most impatient in all of sports. Perspective is needed here. Brian Kelly shouldn't be. F- if you want to make an argument that Brian Kelly should be fired, it isn't of, over these sanctions or whatever. As Kelly mentioned, which. The administration certainly wasn't happy with, but students cheat at schools all the time. And as long as it wasn't directed from the team itself, I don't see what the issue is. You can't just blame the head coach. People automatically do that, which is ridiculous. But I guess you can make an argument that because Notre Dame is 4-7, and seven, Brian Kelly should be fired. Notre Dame fans expect to win. But again perspective is needed. Since Kelly came to Notre Dame in 2010, these are his records. They've gone 8 and 5, 8 and 5, 12 and 1, 9 and 4, 8 and 5, 10 and 3, and now they're currently 4 and 7. But before Kelly was there, remember that's when Charlie Weiss was the head coach in Notre Dame. They went the three seasons before Kelly took over. They went six and six, seven and six, three and nine. That's not a great program. Look, if we're judging Notre Dame historically, yeah, they're arguably the greatest college football program of all time. It's either them or Alabama, but. Not these last few decades. And it makes sense. It's a school designed for the head coach to fail. Notre Dame has very strict academic requirements, which most Division I college football schools do not have. 
Now, these academic requirements are okay in college basketball. They work sometimes. They work for Duke. But even Duke had to make concessions with one-and-done players a few years ago. Coach K didn't want players coming to his team for one year and then going off to the NBA. He eventually realized he cannot win games unless he does that. But that works in basketball because there's only five men on the floor on one team. And the bench, what does it go, 12 to 15 men deep? Football, there's 11 players on the field all at once, 55 players on a team, and then you have practice squad players that have been trying to make the team. There's a lot to manage there. And if they all have to be academically sufficient, you're not going to get the best players in the country. That's just the way it works. Look, if I'm a great football coach... I don't want to coach at an academically elite institutions institution. Why would I want to stack the cards against me right off the bat? I understand the appeal of being a college football coach. If you're a college football coach, you're the guy. Everyone knows who the coach is, unlike the NFL where the players are stars. In college, the coaches are stars. I completely understand it. But they both leagues have their advantages and disadvantages. And if you're in college, you can recruit the best players all around the country and they can all go to your school. In the NFL, it's a coach will take over and immediately they have to clean up the mess the other coach made. And it's not really like that in college. You get a clean slate every year. So I understand the appeal of being a college football coach. I just don't understand the appeal of being the coach in Notre Dame. Look, again, these are the records Brian Kelly has had since he joined Notre Dame as head coach. 8 and 5, 8 and 5, 12 and 1. They made it to the national championship that year. 9 and 4, 8 and 5, 10 and 3. They had a strong recruiting class this year, but they're 4 and 7. It's not that Brian Kelly suddenly became a bad coach this season. It's just he has the cards stacked against him. It's incredible he's had these records, considering the teams he's had. But Notre Dame fans need to get it through their minds that they're not a national title contender. It's amazing they made it to the national championship. And that's what Brian Kelly should be commended for. That shouldn't be the expectation every season because it's unrealistic at a school like Notre Dame. It just is. If I were Kelly, I would leave after this season. I really would. Administration's pissed at him. Everyone expects Notre Dame to be dominant like they always are. But going 8-5 and five as a head coach at the University of Notre Dame, you could argue is just as difficult as going 12-1 and at Alabama. It really is. So Brian Kelly should leave. He really should. Now, if he stays in college, there's going to be some openings this offseason. LSU and FSU, Florida State, seem like good choices. Possibly Texas. 
course, that's probably Tom Herman's job, but we'll see. The NFL is also a possibility for Brian Kelly. These are the potential job openings next offseason. Now, they're not all going to be there. I don't think all these head coaches are going to be fired, but it's possible. These are the teams that could have job openings at head coach. Jacksonville, Buffalo, Cincinnati, San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Cleveland, Chicago, the New York Jets, Green Bay, and Indianapolis. Now, of that list of teams I just named, really only three seem like legitimate possibilities for Brian Kelly. You see, he's he's a defensive head coach, so he should go somewhere where the offense has the pieces in place for them to be successful right away. Or at least has a superstar offensively. Those three teams are Green Bay, Indianapolis, which not a great offense, but they do have Andrew Luck, and Buffalo. Buffalo's been an extremely underrated offense this season. Those are the three teams that would make sense if Brian Kelly were to jump ship to the NFL. Green Bay, look, I don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, but all the receivers are there. The offensive line is playing well. A coach like Brian Kelly could go in there, improve that defense like he knows how to do. Indy's appealing because Andrew Luck is there, and you know most coaches in the NFL would love to build a team around Andrew Luck. And Buffalo, I don't know if Rex Ryan's going to lose his job. He doesn't seem to get along with ownership. But if he were, that's a pretty good offense, and there's a lot of talented defensive players on that team. Kelly could take over on day one and improve. Not saying they're going to win the AFC East, but those are three legitimate teams. But Brian, do not stay at Notre Dame. The fans are unrealistic, the administration is unrealistic, and they just want to blame you for things you didn't do. Hey, hey.